The Holy Gospel for this day is from Mark chapter 13, beginning at verse 1. As Jesus came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what large stones and what large buildings. Then Jesus asked him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone will be left here upon another. All will be thrown down. When he was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter, James, John, and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will, all this, when will this be? And what will be the sign that all these things are about to be accomplished? Then Jesus began to say to them, Beware that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name and say, I am he, and they will lead many astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. This is but the beginning of the birth pangs. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Most holy God, on a beautiful day we gather in our sanctuary, our holy place, this place where we welcome children to life in baptism, this place where people become family one to another, this place where we celebrate our teenagers become adults, this place where we have communion week by week and meet you in the bread and the wine, this place where we say goodbye and send our loved ones on to their reward. Be with us now, O Lord, as we open our hearts to your word. Speak to us that we might be inspired, comforted, and challenged. In your holy and most blessed name we pray. Amen. Sometimes one word in a gospel passage can unlock the entire meaning. Getting one word's meaning correct can change our preconceptions of a Bible passage. And this week, it is true. In our gospel lesson, there is one word that if we get it correctly, we will understand this passage probably much differently than we have before. And that tiny little word is the word E-N-D, end. Jesus is speaking to his disciples. They're on the Mount of Olives looking at the temple. And this is what he says to them. Beware no one leads you astray. When you hear of wars and rumors of war, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is still to come. Typically, when we hear the word end, our understanding is that something is over. It's done. The end of life. And in some sense, end can have a kind of traumatic sense to it. Especially when you think about the end times from the Bible. When I say the word end times, what immediately jumps into our mind from the Bible is Armageddon, 666, the Antichrist, final judgment, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Now if we take a look at that little word and go back to the Greek, and analyze and 
find out what it means in the Greek, it changes the entire passage. The word in the Greek is telos. And the word telos has much less connotation of it's over and more the connotation that it is completed. The end is the finished product. The end is the fulfillment of something. It'd be like a flower achieves its telos when it finally blossoms. Or a house under construction meets its telos when the family is finally ready to move in. Or a student of music reaches his or her telos as that person becomes a musician. The word end has less of a scary sense here than it does a sense of final fulfillment. When Jesus says the end is still to come, what he means by the end is the final fulfillment of the peaceable kingdom that God has planned from all times for us. It's a very positive image. And when we hear it, it comes to us as a negative, a scary image, but it's not. It's meant to be the culmination of all things good and wonderful. So do not be alarmed, apostles, disciples. The end is still to come. Remember, they're sitting on the hillside, Mount of Olives, looking at the temple. And they're surrounded by wars and rumors of wars. By earthquake and famine. Nation rise against nation. And if we were to say today, we are surrounded by forest fires and shooters and political dysfunction and cancer and family strife. And it can leave us in a downward spiral like there's no hope. Jesus says, do not be alarmed. God's end, God's telos, God's good future is yet to be embraced. Hold tightly and do not be led astray. Isn't it interesting? He also says, do not be led astray. From what? Do not be led astray from what? From the faith that God's good kingdom is true and right and that the end times are still to come. That's what we hold on to. Even though we are surrounded by these earthquakes and wars and rumors of war, we will cling to the hope and the confidence that God is true to God's promises and will bring the fruition of all things Good. Do not be led astray from that faith. And we often are. We can be led astray, not by some miracle preacher out there. We can be led astray by our own anger and rage. Every time we get frustrated with our family members about some political opinion, we shake our heads and we end up in disgust. It can lead us astray from the good, confident future 
that we believe in as people of God. We can be led astray by things like hopelessness where we see the shooters come every couple weeks and we look at our world and we go, it's never changing. No one's doing anything. And we can be left hopeless. We can be led astray from hanging on to that confidence that God has the future by things like anxiety, a health diagnosis, a job loss, stress within the family can leave us surrounded by dark clouds. We can be led astray by pessimism when we see our society seemingly in decline and nothing turns the spiral back upward. We can be led astray by our own apathy when we see these problems in the world and we throw up our hands and we retreat to our suburban cocoons and binge-watch TV. We can be led astray by our guilt or our fear, many different things. Jesus says, don't be led astray. Cling to the promise that God gives you. The tomb will be empty. Life is assured. The future is positive. Live in hope. Do not, do not allow the wars and the rumors of wars to drag you down to your lowest nature. And it's happening around us this very day. Instead, allow God's promised good future lift you up to your highest ideals where you cannot help being involved in your world and your society. I was working on this sermon earlier in the week and going over and over the words of Jesus here about end and do not be led astray. Or I took a break and I opened up the newspaper and I read an editorial and God works amazingly. The editorial was exactly the theme of what I was trying to say to you today, what God is trying to get, it through, get through to us today in the gospel. The editorial was quoting a, a movie from the past. The movie's title is called Path of Glory. And it featured an actor named Kirk Douglas. Does anybody remember? <laughs> a few of you. Yeah. Only people with gray hair remember Kirk Douglas. It's a black and white film. It was directed by Stanley Kubrick. You may have heard that name. The film, Path of Glory, features Kirk Douglas playing the role of a French colonel named Dax, D-A-X. Colonel Dax is surrounded by violence. He is in charge of a number of troops living in the trenches. There's mud and there's filth and there are rats. It is an inhuman environment. One scene has him off to meet the French generals who are in charge of the war. And he meets these leaders and to a person, each general was incompetent, narcissistic, people who had no moral compass at all. He could see that, and it left Colonel Dax wondering, where is our world going? What's happening in our world when our leaders are such? He goes back to the trenches 
And there he observes his own soldiers as they are losing their humanity. They are surrounded by wars and rumors of wars, not to mention the mud and the filth and the rats, and they are spiraling down and becoming brutes. Towards the end of the movie, these same brutish soldiers capture a German girl, just barely a teenager. And they drag her back to the trenches on the French side. They are pushing and grabbing and tearing. We, the viewer, expect the worst. They put her up on a little stage, a little box. And she stands up there, this 14-year-old little girl who is lovely, innocent, naive. And they yell at her. Sing! Sing, German girl, sing to us. As if she's in some dark alley cabaret in Paris. The camera then focuses in on the faces of those soldiers. They are twisted faces, distorted, demonic, lecherous. They were descending into their lowest, lowest nature. Surrounded by wars and rumors of war, they were left with nothing but their brute side. And then she sings. Like a bell chiming at midnight. Or a beautiful girl in a wheelchair singing to us today. A voice of purity and innocence. And they all know it immediately. All those soldiers change. The camera comes back on the soldiers' faces and the twisting is relaxed and they are changing before our eyes. Many of them cry, fall on their knees, and they change from being brutes to being human. They are lifted up from their lowest nature to live to their highest ideals as they hear this little girl sing about family and springtime and living on the farm and flowers and laughter. These men who had nearly become brutes, thought of their own sisters and their own families and their own farms. Fourteen-year-old little girl was the Christ figure here in this movie. She reminded these men of their angelic side. 
And it's what Jesus is trying to do for us today. What he did for his disciples who were descending into the darkness of their own lowest nature. And Jesus says to them and to us, do not be alarmed. The end times, the telos, God's good future is yet to come. Grasp it. Hang on to that faith. Do not be led astray to anything less. Look for it. Work for it. This beautiful kingdom. Look for it around you. And look for it inside you. Amen. Most holy God, thank you for our, your message to us today. We needed to hear it. In your holy name we pray. Amen.